As we take a little time out here in Toronto to uh, wipe off the suntan lotion, put away the beach blanket, 10 degrees today. Man, I was all over that like a hobo and a ham sandwich. But now, alas, it is radio time. And it is time for the Employment Hour, a time for you to call in. It is a call-in show, after all, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We talk about employment rights. We talk about your workplace, your boss. Maybe you are the boss. Maybe you've been let go, or you just want to know what would happen if it ever came down the pike that you uh, woke up the next day and no longer had gainful employment. We will cover them all, answer all of your phone calls, and get to a bunch of emails as well. But we always start with the uh, the week that was, pal. How are you? Well, Johnny, I'm I'm doing well actually. Uh, you know, weather's better, so can't complain about that. Gotta love it, and uh, I'm ready to go and talk about employment law. And mm-hmm. I can say I, I actually barely made it here on time for the show because <laughs> I was I was talking, for instance, about 8:30 this morning till about uh, 20 minutes ago uh, with uh, individuals about their workplace rights. It was a busy day, busy start of the week, uh, and I'm yep. hoping that we can continue it over the next hour. We're here on the show and talking about uh, everything that people need to know about their jobs. So don't be bashful. Don't hesitate. Call us. Let's talk about it. Let's un- answer your questions and make sure that you know how to deal with your workplace problems. You know, we have lines open, so we want to talk to you. And, Johnny, to get us started, week there was a couple situations that came across my desk just over the past uh, few days. Uh, I spoke with the, uh, a gentleman who is uh, currently on the medical leave, but he's been trying to get back to work for a couple of weeks now. Uh, and he's he's much better, and he's been cleared by his doctor, and he provided his employer with a, a, a brief note from his doctor clearing him to come back to work and said, yes, this person is now able to come back to work. Well, wouldn't you know it, after a few days of not hearing back, he gets a letter from his employer telling him, no, no, that letter is not good enough. We want a letter from a specialist. We want uh, also that letter from the specialist to say what medication you're on. We want the letter to also say what kind of treatment you're getting. Uh, And without all that information, you cannot come back to work. Well, first of all, this person has not seen a a specialist. He was only treated by his family doctor. But beyond that, uh, he he wasn't comfortable telling him what medication he's on. He wasn't comfortable telling him what treatment uh, he's having. Those are personal and private things. As far as he was concerned, he was cleared to work. His doctor confirmed that. His doctor said that in writing, and that was it. So he called me, and he was upset and not knowing what he has to do. Well, John, the answer is he does not have to provide that information. All his employers are entitled to know uh, what we call a, a prognosis. In other words, can he come back to work? Is he able to do the job? Does he need any accommodation? That's it. They're not allowed to ask about his medical condition specifically. They're not allowed to demand which doctor is going to uh, provide information or what medication. That's, that's improper, and that's uh, something that by asking, they're actually mm-hmm. breaching their obligations. So I told them this. Told them, talk to them. Try to talk some sense into them. Make sure they understand that you've been cleared to return to work. If they won't let you, then that would be considered a termination. Uh, that would be considered a human rights violation as well. And it would entitle him to significant compensation. So hopefully cooler heads will prevail here. But I wanted to remind all our listeners about uh, this: what happens when you're on a medical leave. Once you're ready to come back to work, whether it's on regular duties or modified duties, the only thing you should be doing is providing a note from your doctor, making it clear that you can come back to work. If the company says that's not good enough, well, guess what? It is good enough. That's their problem at that point, And you need to give me a call, John, if that happens.
You bet that number, by the way, to get a hold of Lior and the team, one 821 5900 Email is help at employmenthour.com. And a reminder as well, phone lines are wide open tonight for you over the next uh, 50 minutes or so, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one triple eight two two five talk That is toll-free. What, uh, what else you got going for number two? Well, I spoke with another gentleman who, uh, in his job, he has to travel often and pretty much exclusively to, to different uh, clients and customers of his employer. So he goes from customer to customer to, to do a particular job. Well, up until very recently, uh, he, he gets paid hourly. And up until recently, his company paid for all his time, including time traveling to customers, uh, from customer mm. to customer. No problem. Everything was fine. Well, they decided right at the beginning of the year that they're not going to do that anymore. From now on, they're only going to pay while he's actually at the customer doing the job, not the time spending traveling between customers. Now, because he spends so much much time on the road, for him, that's going to be a big pay cut. And he called me. He wanted to know, can they do this? Are they allowed to decide not to pay me for this uh, travel time between customers? Well, here's the thing, John. First of all, they actually are required to pay because that's part of your job to go to customers. So they actually have to pay for that travel time. But beyond that, even if they weren't required to pay, the fact that they did means they can't change it. The Ah. fact that they decided to pay and they were paying it for all this time. Now they said, we don't want to do that anymore. Even if maybe they didn't have to do it to begin with, they can't change that. That's a constructive dismissal. So I, I told them that, and I wanted to remind our listeners that, number one, if your job is to go to different customers and go from customer to customer, that time spent traveling should be paid. That's number one. And number two, if your employer changes the terms of your compensation, how you get paid, when you get paid, for what you get paid, that's not something the employer is allowed to do. That's a constructive dismissal. If that happens, you may have significant entitlements. Don't just accept it. Call me, email me, and let's chat about it. If some of this is uh, ringing familiar, please call in over the next hour and uh, have your discussion with Lior and get it out there. At least start with some information. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. And one triple eight two two five talk That number is toll-free to kick it off, get to uh, to Carol. Hey, Carol, good evening. Thanks for uh, thanks for chiming in. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, great to talk to you again, Lior. Uh, you gave me some great advice for a friend of mine a couple months ago. Um, Terrific. I- uh, yeah, it, it was really good advice. Thank you. Um, I have a question. So I started my fifth year on October the 7th with my employer, and I just realized right now, of course, I'm now eligible for the three-week 6% vacation, that the 6% hasn't been being um, uh, accrued on my pay. It's still at the 4%. Right. So should I, well, I'm going to bring it up to my manager tomorrow, but Am I entitled for the retroactive that was missed? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you're absolutely right. The the, the easiest, probably uh, most uh, logical course of action here is to talk to your employer. Hopefully, this is just a an administrative or an, an accounting error, and yeah, that's they'll pay it. I mean, they know that they have no choice, so they'll pay it. And yes, it will be retroactive. I, I'm sure they'll fix that. We're not talking about for them a lot of money. Uh, no. So yes, I, I, I'm sure you can you can get that fixed. Now, if they don't, absolutely you can go to the Ministry of Labor. But Carol, yes, you, you're owed that, and you're owed that retroactive. Uh, so I, I'm pretty sure you should be able to resolve that fairly quickly. Hopefully, they'll realize their mistake and just get it fixed. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's just a simple clerical. Um, but yeah, I just noticed it today when I was looking at my paycheck. 
Perfect. So reach out to them. If they give you a hard time, let me know. Uh, sometimes just a quick letter from me may get their, uh, uh, you know, th- their attention and make them deal with it properly. But yeah. I, I, my gut tells me that you'll be able to resolve this very quickly. Yeah. And it's at the start of your fifth year, not at the end, right? Correct. Okay, yes, once you've had your, your five-year anniversary. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carol. Thanks, Appreciate Carol. that. Uh, you probably know the number to reach out anyway. one 821 5900 is that number. And still plenty of room. We're just getting warmed up here for you to call in, ask your questions as well, maybe clear up some uh, some miscommunication or something you just don't know about your job and you've always wanted to ask. That's what this show is for, Mondays, Wednesdays, the weekend shows, and, of course, Employment Hour at 30, happening on Global TV and CTV on your weekend mornings, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell in one triple eight two two five talk that number is toll free as we get set and get more calls lined up here you know there's something that i wanted to mention this week and this happened last week with a friend of mine on on instagram actually she put up a picture of her husband uh with her and said you know moving on blah 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 it's been a rough week but he lost his job so i kind of reached out saying you know you should you should deal with this i hope uh, i hope everything's okay but you should consult a an employment lawyer and um there's things you should be doing and pretty much this is the way she wrote back she said yeah we contacted a lawyer but we're not interested in the legal battle and i kind of explained to her basically saying it's not really a battle it's very simple i gave her a link to the uh, severance pay calculator she says yeah it's saying he should get far more than he was given but i don't want to deal with it it's just added stress this must be such a frustrating and regular thing for you to deal with. Like, I'm laying it out for there in writing with a link. And it's like, yeah, you know what? It's a headache. I don't want to deal with it. But she just realized it could be two, three times more than he should be getting. It's got to be incredibly frustrating for you. Yeah. One of the topics we talked about before on the show was kind of the top reasons why people don't contact an employment lawyer. And usually one of those top reasons is fear of the process. People are concerned that, wait a second, if he's owed more, means he's going to have to get involved in a legal battle. It's going to take a long time. It's going to be very confrontational and difficult. And who needs that headache? And I get that. If it was really like that, I would understand why a lot of people would not want to do it. But Mm -hmm. the frustrating thing about this scenario, John, and I come across this every day, is that it's not like that in employment disputes. Most of these cases, 80% plus of them, are going to resolve with a letter or two being exchanged within a couple of weeks often. So it's that simple. And, and, you know, people should not be concerned about the legal process. It's not something that you're never going to be inside of a courtroom. You're not going to be talking to a judge. We can negotiate. We can resolve. And there's legal entitlements that people have. So please, please don't. Don't be afraid of the process. I'm sorry to hear about your friend, uh, you know, but I I see this all the time. It it is a wasted opportunity to get the money that the law says you should have, which is, by the way, quite easy to get. We'll uh, move on here, get to uh, to Dylan. Hey, Dylan, thanks for hanging on, fella. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm uh, driving in the freezing rain. So Nice, beauty. Be careful, man. What's uh, what's on your mind? Be safe. Uh, This this question coming from another direction, and and it's kind of uh, uh, Lior's first comment uh, brought me to this right now. I have a, a, a person who reports to me that came back from a, a medical leave uh, for some mental health issues. And there was a day not long after she came back that um, they came back that there was um, kind of an episode. And when I when she we finally calmed down and talked to me about it, um, she disclosed to me that she hadn't been taking the medication that was prescribed to her, but she started taking it again um, because fundamentally she didn't agree with taking it. If that happens again, because she's disclosed to me what she's taking, 
Can I ask her if she has taken it within the office, or is that completely against the rules? No, you you can ask in that situation where where you believe that the the reason there's a problem is because of a failure to take a medication, which means she's failing to meet the treatment that she's uh, required to to treat to take. You can absolutely ask. Now, unfortunately, you're never going to necessarily know if she's telling you the truth or not, but it is appropriate to ask. And uh, I, I also think that you could uh, you could ma- you could deal with this, this uh, with, in a disciplinary matter. In other words, if things do happen and she she doesn't take her medication you're aware of that you should provide a warning in writing say you know you're required to take this medication because i understand without it you can't necessarily properly perform your 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 job so please make sure you do it you know or else and if she continues doing that you may continue the discipline and potentially at some point maybe in a position when you can consider a termination what i wouldn't do is just say oh come on just be better barbara next time no you 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 have to manage that because it's not just about her there's potentially other people that may be affected there may be safety issues so if you're aware that there could be a problem you can't ignore it Uh, and it's at this point it's not just about her privacy it's about safety so you need to make sure that she's doing what she's supposed to and if you're aware that she's not you have to deal with it okay it's kind of what i thought but I wasn't sure, and, and I know this is such a sensitive it is. Um, area within within human resources, and and when someone reports to you, and I honestly just had no clue. So. Yeah, you know, I understand completely. Which is, you, you do have to tread carefully, uh, and and you know, it, it's not even a situation where you should be asking what is the condition. Frankly, it doesn't really matter if you know that there's medication she's supposed to take, and without it she can't do the job. Then you want to make sure she takes the medication, and if you're aware she's not, you shouldn't allow her to work, and you should probably deal with it by way of discipline. Uh, and you know, I always say safety first. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dylan. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate that. You want to uh, continue that uh, discussion any further? Of course, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. We'll take a short break. Cat, I see you there. Hang on, don't go anywhere. And you as well. Plenty of room for your phone calls. Bring them on. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell and one triple eight two two five talk. That is toll free employment hour on your Monday night right here on Global News Radio. You bet. Star 640 on your cell and one triple eight two two five talk That number is absolutely toll-free. Thank you so much for hanging on, Kat. How are you? Good. How are you? Excellent. Uh, what's your concern? Go ahead. Um, well, my company, I was hired about a year ago on a salary pay, and my company just switched in uh, January 1st to hourly pay, and I was wondering if you could just give me the pros and cons of both. Mm-hmm. So they switched you effective Jan 1 to, uh, to hourly? Correct. Well, I mean, it, it, the pros are essentially the same as the cons in, in the sense that uh, your, your pay is going to fluctuate, and depending on how many hours you work, you could be ahead or, or, or you could be behind what you were at the salary. The nice thing about a salary is that you know how much you're getting. And, uh, you know, some people can be very efficient in getting their job done. Some people can be less efficient. So efficiency may play a part in, in, in whether you prefer hourly or or, or salary. So, you know, depending on the job, depending on the hours, depending on your experience and efficiency, one may result in more money than the other. One thing, though, to understand is that regardless of whether or not you like hourly or you like salary, the company actually doesn't have the legal right to change you from, uh, from salary to hourly or, or even the other way around. Uh, that's a, obviously a big deal. It's a significant change. So you may, if you chose to, you may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal and pursue severance. Now, 
because I guess this happened, uh, let's say, about a month ago, you're now at the very, very, very end of the window that you can pursue this. Any, if you wait any longer, you won't be able to pursue this, and you'd be considered to have accepted this uh, this change. But if you are uh, interested in pursuing a constructive dismissal, you, you probably still can. You've been there for a year. And, and what kind of a job, Kat? I'm a tech support job. Okay. And, and how old are you, Kat? I'm 35. So someone in your situation will be looking two to three months of pay, uh, potentially. That's what severance would be for you. So ultimately, you, you can decide to continue working, making an hourly. And again, depending on the circumstances, it could result in more money. Something tells me that if they switch from salary to hourly, it's probably not going to result in more money. But again, that's possible. Or you could treat that as a constructive dismissal. Uh, what are your thoughts, Kat? One of the benefits for the company to switch to hourly. Well, the the benefits for the company again, it's it's the flip side of what I said. If they uh, if you get a, a fixed salary, they have to pay the certain a certain amount of uh, of money, and they can't change that. With uh, hourly, they can have flexibility to change your your pay by giving you more or less hours. They probably feel that with an hourly rate, they'll have to pay less because uh, if they pay you a certain amount per hour, they figure out how many hours a week you work. Mm-hmm. The, the net is probably less than if they were paying you a fixed salary. So gotcha. make no mistake about it. The company would do that only because they feel they can save money. They're not going to do that. They're not going to make a move like that so they can pay more. Gotcha. So ultimately, at least they seem to believe, I, I'm sure, that by doing that, they will save money. Gotcha. Well, thanks very much for the uh, for the explanation. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kat. Kat, we appreciate you uh, calling in. You need to carry on further. Any other questions in the future, one 821 5900 or help at employmenthour.com. Moving, moving on. Stephanie, uh, thank you. Uh, good evening. How are you? Hi, I'm good, guys. How are you both? We are fantastic, or at least I am. Lior sounds good. Anyway, he always sounds good. I always sound good. <laughs> what? <laughs> Here's my What's question. going on with you? Um, with the changing government positions on request for a sick note, can you clarify what hmm. the current expectation is for an employer, please? Sure. Yeah. When, with respect to, to sick notes, I mean, yes. Uh, so uh, it, it, employers now can't require notes for, uh, for sick days. And, and uh, because of that, uh, an employer that requires that arguably is doing something that they're not allowed to, whereas before that an employer can provide, uh, would, would be able to provide sick notes. I personally still advise employees, if you know you're going to be sick and you're able to provide a sick note, do it. Uh, and otherwise, you know, employer may hold it against you even though they're not supposed to. But strictly speaking, they're not allowed to require sick notes uh, anymore, uh, Stephanie. So I thought the opposite had happened. I thought that the Conservative government had reinstituted the ability for an employer to request a sick note. So I'm mistaken, correct? Correct. Now, they, there was changes to the number of, of, of uh, sick days, etc. cetera. Uh, but, but ultimately, no, the, the, the law is the same. Uh, but in, in practical terms, I can tell you whether it's now and, and previously with the Liberal government, uh, most employers still request them. Strictly speaking, they're not supposed to. And I always think it is a good practice to provide them if you're able to. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. Appreciate uh, your call. Plenty of room for you as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk That number is toll-free. Moving on to uh, Samantha. Hey, Samantha, good evening. Hi, how are you? Excellent. What's uh, What's on your mind? 
So I actually work from home and I'm a 100% commissioned employee and um, my employer actually does not pay us for statutory holidays. Um, They said that we signed off our right to get paid for that and I'm just wondering um, if that's like that can actually happen if that's because I've been told otherwise. No, and that's a great question. And you, you cannot sign off your legal rights, certainly not when it comes to uh, things such as uh, statutory holiday pay. So you're either owed it or you're not. So I don't really care what you or may anyone else may have signed. If you qualify, they have to pay it. And, and if you don't get paid when you should be paid, then that's a problem. So uh, if you can't resolve this with your employer, there's two options generally. I can send a letter on your behalf, as I like to say, giving them a bit of a, I guess, kick in the pants. Or you can go to the Ministry of Labor and have them deal with it, but you cannot give away those rights, uh, Stephanie uh, or, or Samantha, I should say. So don't let that uh, don't let that happen to you. And uh, you know, before we move on to another call, I wanted to uh, touch on this. I know you've referred to it a couple times already, but we like to uh, to give it a healthy plug at least once every show, and that would be the Severance Pay Calculator, pal. Yeah, and I was just uh, corresponding with someone right before we went on air about it. SeverancePayCalculator.com, the place to go if you lost your job. Uh, it's Because it's anonymous, it's free, it's accurate, and it helps you understand how much you're actually owed if, in fact, that job is gone. If you get the bad news that uh, you're not, no longer working. You go to SeverancePayCalculator.com, answer three simple questions age, position, length of employment, and you are done. It's free. It's anonymous. Uh, and uh, the very first place you always go to, grab your smartphone, check it out. It's going to be a lot more than you realize because that's what the law provides, severancepaycalculator.com. In between the phone calls for the remainder of the uh, the evening here, we're going to get to everything you needed to know about constructive dismissal. What was the uh, the reason you wanted to bring this one up? Well, the reason is because it's such a big and, and important and, frankly, uh, popular topic. Whenever uh, we do this show or wherever I talk with people in my office, uh, one of the most common issues uh, comes to constructive dismissal. Usually questions start with, can my employer do dot, dot, dot? And, right. and oftentimes that takes us to constructive dismissal. Because it happened so much time, I thought we could uh, clarify exactly what that is, how it happens, wh- how it works, and what to do if you're ever in that situation. Well, back to basics really to start off, and then uh, that would be, I guess, what is the difference between a regular dismissal and a constructive dismissal? Well, a regular dismissal is a situation where you're informed by your employer that you're no longer going to be working for the company. The company made the decision. They told you either verbally or in writing, you're done. You're gone. Whether now or in the near future, you're no longer working here. So that's a dismissal. There's no questions about that. There's no misunderstanding. Company made that decision. Now, a constructive dismissal is different. A constructive dismissal is a situation where the company has not let you go. They have not decided that you're not going to be working there. But by their actions, by their conduct, they essentially have terminated your employment. Usually that happens when there's a change to the terms of employment. So even though with the constructive dismissal, the company has not let you go or never even intended to let you go, by their actions, you, the employee, are in a position to treat that as a termination. So regular dismissal, the company initiates constructive dismissal, you, the employee, initiate the separation based on something that the company did. Nice breakdown. Give us uh, some examples of a uh, common constructive dismissal, like a situation. So uh, constructive dismissal, as I said, happens when the company makes significant changes to the terms of employment. Now, they can take many, uh, many shapes and forms. Probably a most common one, kind of a classic constructive dismissal, is changes to compensation. 
where the company lets uh, your comp or changes your compensation, reduces it, changes the compensation structure, uh, changes the commission, etc. Big, big deal. A company can't do that. And if they do that, that could be considered a constructive dismissal. You can treat that as a termination and leave. Any other changes, uh, you know, a demotion, uh, a change in work location, uh, a, a change in responsibilities, uh, increasing your workload but not paying you more. Any significant change like that often results in a constructive dismissal. So if the job that you have is not the job you kind of signed up for, that right. may give rise to a constructive dismissal. So the list is a long one, but we're looking at changes, something that makes your job now different than what it was. If that happens, you may be in a constructive dismissal situation. We're breaking down what that is. In the meantime, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell and one triple eight two two five. talk That is toll-free. Got lots of time for you to call in and uh, ask your questions. You know, you often talk about constructive dismissal in the context of, say, workplace harassment. The connection between the two, what is it? So here's how that works. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a term of employment, an implied term in everyone's uh, employment relationship that we're gonna work in a healthy environment, that we're gonna work in a supportive environment. That's a very important and essential term. And then whether your employment agreement says that or not, it doesn't matter, That it's there, it's implied by the law. So what happens if you're being harassed, being mistreated? Well, all of a sudden, your work environment is not healthy. It's not supportive, it's not proper. Well, that's again a constructive dismissal. A change has happened. The change is that instead of having a healthy environment, you now have a poisoned work environment, a negative work environment. So that is a constructive dismissal. So oftentimes, one of the the main remedies, one of the main uh, Mm -hmm. uh, options that someone has that's being harassed in the workplace is to treat their employment as being a constructive dismissal. Okay, that's very important to understand that. Uh, and, and if you're ever in that situation, you're being mistreated, harassed, if you can't resolve that, one of the options you have is others, potentially human rights, but one of the options is to say, no, you employer has, have allowed this to happen. You've changed the terms of employment. You made it difficult to continue working. Because of that, that is a constructive dismissal, and I can get my compensation. want to move over to a phone call, as promised, always top priority. David, thank you for, uh, for calling in this evening. What's going on with you? Well, I have a what if for Lior. Um, If the government was to disband or terminate the Ontario Human Rights Commission, if it no longer existed, um, what kind of impediment, if any, would that be, Lior, to handling cases that you currently deem, uh, you know, you should go to the Human Rights Commission or whatever? Are there sufficient laws, sufficient um, um, opportunities for the average person to address situations without the Human Rights Commission? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, most of our human rights matters, we don't pursue it through the Human Rights Commission or Tribunal, we pursue it through the court system. So right now you're allowed to also bring human rights matters through the court system, not in every case, but in most cases, and that's what we usually do. Uh, and as long as we'd be allowed to pursue these matters through the court system fully, then I, I don't consider that to be much of a, a, a problem. I, for various reasons I'm not going to get into, I actually prefer the, the, the court system uh, over the, uh, the human rights uh, tribunal system. 
so I, I wouldn't consider that to be a big deal. In fact, I would probably one of the be one of the people that would advocate for a change like that, and I have advocated. So yeah, I, I say bring it on. People should still have rights to pursue their matters. Human rights is a big issue. If you've been discriminated against, if you've been sexually harassed, absolutely. But you don't necessarily need to be able to pursue it only through the Human Rights Tribunal. There's other options. And as long as you have those options, I have no problem with it. David, appreciate that call. You as well. Still time, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, 1-888-225-TALK. That is toll-free. If you've never used it, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what your severance should be. It's a very simple tool to use. Over half a million people have tried it. Uh, it takes about uh, 15, 20 seconds to go through it, and you will be shocked and pleasantly surprised uh, coming out the other end of what the number should be. And uh, from there, you can get a hold of, uh, of Lior. Constructive dismissal. You just talked about workplace harassment. Uh, the problem is, how do you prove it? <laughs> yeah, th- that is always the problem. So if, if your boss, yeah. let's say, reduces your pay by 20%, it's, you don't need to prove that. It's pretty obvious. We look at a pay stub, we'll know that it's been reduced. No issue there. Workplace harassment is different. With workplace harassment, there's usually not going to be uh, something obvious that, that points to harassment. Oftentimes, it could be your word against someone else's word which makes it very difficult to pursue. Uh, you know, we can. If the best that we could do is have your word against someone else's, that doesn't mean we can't pursue it, but it just makes it a bit more more tricky. In, but how you, do you actually prove it? How do you actually build a case? Well, you know, it's not, it's not hard. You actually want to have something in writing. So Again, if you're being mistreated, yeah. yeah, in writing, always. If you're being mistreated, go speak to someone about it. Maybe the HR person. Put that in writing, what's happened. Uh, email the person that, that's uh, mistreating you and tell them about how they've been behaving. Tell them about your concerns. Create that record. Have a diary or a journal or a log where you list what happened and when it happened. Uh, if someone says something verbally and you really wanted, uh, you say, gosh, I wish there was a written record, well, then create the record. Not a problem. Write them back in an email confirming what was said. If you can create that written record, you're going to make it much easier to pursue workplace harassment uh, remedies, whether it's constructive dismissal or human rights. You're going to make it much, much easier to do that. So be very diligent about that. Workplace harassment is a big deal. It really is. And it's something that's unacceptable. And it's something that the law knows how to deal with. But you make it much easier if you have some sort of a written record. Yeah, you know, we talk about that with every ma- with really all matters of of employment is keeping that written uh, written record for everything. You know, it's funny you'll go out and you'll buy a toaster, you'll hang on to the bill of sale for three years, <laughs> yeah. but something as simple, you know, as your job, write everything down, keep that right beside that toaster bill of sale because one day you might need it, right? And, and you know, the people that don't do it, one day they'll need it and they'll know next time that they have to. But right. don't let that happen to you, even that that first time. If you're start if your spidey sense is starting to tingle, if you're 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 realizing maybe something's going on here or I'm in an uncomfortable situation, be diligent. Start writing things down. Use email, what have you, put things in writing, and then if you don't need it, great, then uh you still won't be sorry that you did. But if you do need it, boy you'll be happy that you created that written record. So if you've been constructively dismissed, what are you owed? So when it comes to constructive dismissal, if you can show that you've been constructively dismissed, the company did something, they implemented a change, you're owed severance. And you're owed the same amount of severance as if the company had flat out let you go, as if the company has terminated your employment. So remember, we talked about the difference between a regular termination, which is when the company lets you go, and a constructive dismissal when the company doesn't let you go, but you treat your employment as being terminated. Well, the result of of both is the same you get severance. 
based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. And by the way, you can go to severancepaycalculator.com even for a constructive dismissal type of a situation to find out how much you're owed. And again, a lot of people are hearing that saying, oh yeah, okay, I understand. So I get a week per year of service or I get two weeks per year of service. I know. Think again. It's a lot more than that. Check out severancepaycalculator.com to find out. But you get the same severance with a constructive dismissal as you would with a regular dismissal. You know, we talked about some of the situations which uh, could give rise to a constructive dismissal. You know, they change the distance of work, they change the pay structure, uh, structure making you go from days to nights. There's a tons of different things. So your employer has just announced that your job is being changed, maybe in one of these ways. Uh, first steps, what do you do? Well, obviously, you want to assess uh, if that change is a positive or a negative one. Right. You also want to take a look at your employment agreement because what some companies do is they may stipulate in the employment agreement that they're allowed to make that type of a change. Again, another reason to to uh, be careful with your employment agreements. If, for example, if you sign an employment agreement that says, we can change your pay, well, they can change your pay. Well, if, if that's not the case, and for most people, thankfully, that's not going to be the case, your employment agreement doesn't give the company the power, well, let them know that, that you're, you're not accepting. Tell them that you don't want that. Tell them that, no, I don't want you to change my job. I want to continue yeah. working on the same basis. You need to be, and by the way, in writing, you need to put it on the record that you're not accepting that you want to continue working uh, and put the ball in their court. At that point, they can back off, or if they don't back off, uh, then you're in a position to treat that as a constructive dismissal. But don't uh, just be quiet about it, because sometimes silence can be the same as acceptance. So if you don't accept something, be vocal, say so, and make sure that they know and put that in writing. Some people may be on the fence, though, right? They may not uh, They may not be sure if they should continue working or pursue a constructive dismissal. Advice for them. Yeah, and, and sometimes the, the change may not be obvious. So the company may say, we're going to change the commission structure, and you may not know how that's going to impact you. Hey, maybe it's right. going to make you more money. Life is good. Or maybe it's going to make you less money. Not so good. So sometimes in those situations, uh, and to quote you, you can take it for a spin. Mm -hmm. You can try it out uh, for, for a bit. You see if, if how the change impacts you. Now, that doesn't work so well with an obvious change. If the company says, I want to reduce your pay by 20%, well, there's nothing to take for a spin. You, you know what that means. <laughs> But if it's a yeah. change, it's not so obvious. Maybe they change work location. You want to know how – you're not sure how that's going to impact you on the commute side. Uh, they change compensation structure, et cetera. Tell the company that uh, you're going to try it out. I would tell the company in writing, I'm concerned about this. I'm not sure exactly how this is going to impact me, but I'm, going to, I'm willing to try it. And then you can try it out and, and, and determine whether or not you want to treat that as a constructive dismissal or not. Now, you can't treat this – you can't do that indefinitely. I would say, you know, give it a couple of months, maybe three months or so to try it out. But beyond that, you're going to be considered to have accepted it. So put in writing that you're going to try mm -hmm. it out. Give the company that the heads up that you may or may not accept. Then try it out. And then you still have the option to treat that as a constructive dismissal down the road. Last couple minutes of the show as we uh, tick down, I want to get to an email. This one from Kevin. Thought it was a good one. He says, you know, I gave my company four months notice that I'm leaving because, you know, I wanted to give them enough time to find a replacement. He's obviously a conscientious employee. He says the very next day, the next day, they told me I don't need to come in anymore. No mention of severance. Do they owe me anything? Yeah, so much. Here's your hat. What's your hurry? A yeah. nice guy. Seriously. Well, so, yeah, they, they, they owe him compensation. So right. once they, they tell him don't come in anymore, it becomes a termination. So what does that mean? It means that they owe him the lesser of the regular severance that they have to pay him or until what his last day was going to be. 
So if regular severance for him is six months, then they have to pay him four months because he was only going to be there for four months anyway. If his regular severance was, let's say, three months, then they have to pay him for the three months. Bottom line is the company can't just let you go without compensation when you give Mm -hmm. them notice of your resignation. You can go to severancepaycalculator.com as well in that situation. Happens often. In almost every case, the company has to pay the employee. But that's a pretty smart thing to do at any rate, right? Is when you're leaving, you always, you know, as you mentioned, you don't want to burn bridges. You should give some notice. And if 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 you know that far ahead that you're leaving, say even up to six months, is that wise to give them six months? Are you kind of covering your rear end in that in that uh, I, in that way, right? The only time I would give that much notice is if you're in a very very specialized position, right? And and if by leaving you're going to really cause a lot of harm to the company, it's going to yeah. be very difficult to replace. Then I would give a lot of notice. For most other people, giving that much notice is excessive. It, it could create an uncomfortable work situation. So I would give you know anywhere from two to four weeks notice for most jobs, except again for those jobs that are very senior, very specialized. Uh, those right. people should give notice of a few months, but uh, beyond that, uh, a few weeks only. Good way to uh, to wrap it up for another week. You want to reach out, get a hold of Lior. It is real simple. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. There is help at employmenthour.com. And of course, you want to check out any time what your severance should be. One place to go, the first place to go, even before the phone call, severancepaycalculator.com. We are back here Wednesday night at uh, same time, and then the weekend shows. And of course, Employment Hour and Thirty happens on your global TV and CTV wherever you regularly tune in. Our weekend mornings will be, be uh, we will be doing that as well. Stick around on point with Alex. Alex Pearson is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This has been the Employment Hour on Global News Radio.